This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to this episode of Tea with Triggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. My guest this week is a hugely talented actor and director who has had an incredibly varied career. He's tackled Shakespeare both on television and on stage. He's starred in BBC dramas and star-studded movies. But you might know him best as the lovable rogue Frank Gallagher in the multi-award winning and much-loved Shameless. I'm delighted to be having a cup of tea with my dear friend, the wonderful David Threlfall. Could that be the wonderful David Threlfall on the line? It, it, it might be, because <laughs> since you asked me to be here, I, it is, isn't it? You were going to ask me about my tea. Yeah, well, as it's tea with me, virtual tea, what have you got? Well, since we're out, I have what I usually do when I come around your place, peppermint and honey. But I, I wasn't, I was just going to have water because I stopped drinking, I stopped drinking tea years ago along with coffee. I, yeah, I stopped drinking coffee years ago because it, uh, um, it was when I was in, when I was in New York in 8081, 80, 80, end of 8081, I was doing Nicholas Nickleby and I used to get up in the morning, go down. Downtown, you know those breakfast places, and uh-huh. that, that uh, have a big breakfast to get me through the day. Because the show, uh, for those that are not as uh, the older neck of the woods that we, we've grown into now, it, it was a long show. It was eight and a half hours, so I'd get something to get me through the day. Although we did have a meal break at six o'clock, <laughs> and then um, so I had a big breakfast, and then along with that, you know what they're like in New York. You want you want more coffee? You want more coffee? You know, and then. And then I'd have, you'd have a, something to eat after the show around about 11.30, that about 12, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock was norm. Then I'd have coffee at the end of that uh, a lot of the time. And then, of course, all my hours got out of whack. And then I'd get up for the next day because it would be a matinee because it was, that was the type of show it was. And by the time I'd finished, I was, I was just wired. So I just stopped it. So that was about 35-odd years ago. And then I just went off the taste of tea. Although the only thing I will have now is... Um, Peppermint tea and honey. You join us here for the morning host with <laughs> Dr. David Threlfall. <laughs> good but, for the digestion, apparently. I don't know. But the I dentist said it it's not good for your teeth, is it? No. But you, you don't have any teeth, so it doesn't bother you, does it? I do have teeth. Look, they're all my own. All are my they? own work, yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh. I, I, they, they don't know who are listening, but I, we no, can no. see each other. But we it's can. good because I, I thought you had them boarded up till Monday because I thought you were having trouble with them. <laughs> <laughs> so that Nicholas Nickel was it eight and a half hours long? Yeah, but yeah. it was in two parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. was it? How long was that after when you were there with the boyfriend and all that? I know we've sort of talked about this before a bit. But... Well, no, I was in. No, the the, the boyfriend was the film which I shot in sorry, England. The, the, um, My one and only. One and only. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Sorry, everyone yeah. gets them muddled up because they're both set in the 1920s. They're both exactly the same. Well, they're similar. They're both kind no. of um, uh, pastiche no, on the twenties. 
yeah, I remember it at, at the time, but I can't remember when the boy. I was on. in on Broadway in '83 for 18 months, so till the mm, middle end of '84. Oh, so you were just after that, okay. What year did you do, Nick? Nicholas? I finished. I remember having a, a the, the sort of last night doing Sardis, the yeah. well-known uh, delicatessen uh, and eatery place with all those mm-hmm. daft cartoons on the wall. Um, the uh, January, the very very early on fourth or something, nineteen eighty-one. So I was okay. very, um, that's very clear in my head because it was also it was the end of a long a long run of it. Of the whole thing, the whole show itself. But didn't didn't you find? I mean, I I've only done one uh, show on Broadway, my one and only. I've done a couple of things off Broadway. Well, that's handy, but, isn't it? You should do every show you should do should be called something relating to what you've only done. You've only done one <laughs> show, so you, so it's great that you called it my one and only. <laughs> that's true. If you've done a few, go my sixth and only. Well, it couldn't be my sixth and only, could it be something else? But didn't you find it really thrilling performing on Broadway? Yeah, I mean the whole vibe. It was just yeah. listening. The, the circus was in town. You just rolled with it for three months, and yeah. uh, you knew it wasn't necessarily going to happen again. And uh, sure as eggs is eggs, it hasn't. So, I, uh, I I had the right I had the right approach. But it was it was great while it lasted. And but didn't you find? I mean, when I did it, and Lee has done my husband has done a couple of things on Broadway, and that the whole town kind. If it's a hit show, which yeah. Nicholas Nickleby, oh the people the whole... used to see him. Town. Everyone talks to you on the street. The policemen all say hello. <laughs> it's like... Oh, I didn't. I didn't. No, the policemen <laughs> used to say, "Can you stop begging?" Uh, <laughs> the, the, no, I didn't get that because the nature of what I was doing was quite quite different from the way I suppose I look, which is uh, yeah. one of the things I like doing with my so-called career, which is lost to me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get that. I I, I certainly got. I used to go down to Roger Reese, the lovely late Roger Reese's dressing room, uh, every every night, and we used to warm up together before the show. So, uh, and I used to go down and just say good night. And there was all, nearly always somebody well known in there. I know we got them. Mate. I wish I. Actually... It's different because you because you you were you were known. You 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 people sort of knew who you were by '83, didn't they? Yeah, kind I of. I mean, Marks and Sparks hadn't arrived by then, obviously. No, they, they hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> and start doing clothing or they used to well they used to do where I lived in West London they used to do I used to buy my underwear from Marks and Sparks and I thought right, when right. you got that gig I was going to be able to say could you bring a few samples over next time <laughs> I see you and I could have some but no but no underwear from M&S oh sorry sorry about that you should have a think about it. instead of just thinking about yourself not, I know, you know I you should think about other people think I should... about your mates a bit more and just think actually <laughs> really might like a pair of pair of underpants for Christmas next time instead of that terrible perfume, which which, sits, which actually burns bright in that candle, by the way, for those who oh, don't good. know about your perfume and candle range. It sounds like a very strange weekend, but hey, what the hell? Um, uh, it, yeah, it's a lovely, it's a lovely burn. It is, it is. Especially it with is. foil and a pipe. Yeah, it's lovely. You are very naughty, Mr. Threlfall. <laughs> I want to ask you about, because was it last year or the year before you did Don Quixote in London? Uh, uh, It was, well, I originally did it at the RSC in the Swan Theatre in whenever it was. I think it's nearly four years ago. We're talking now in April. So it's a year ago, February, this February, a year ago, I finished it at the Garrick in the West End. 
that's where I, that's where I saw it. That's where you saw it, yeah. Because you, because you like first nights. You were great. Yeah, I love a first night, darling. I know you do. Yeah. But it's nice. It's nice to go to first nights of your mates because you want to support them, and I think it's nice. You know, when I did the few things I've done on stage, if you know you've got some friends out there. The one there, and only thing you've done on some the stage. The one and yeah. only thing I've done on Broadway. Um, it's just nice to know you've got mates out there to to kind of help you along. It, it, it is. I mean, you're you're brilliant and loyal about all that, you know, but I, I don't, I wouldn't want any friends who I can probably count on one hand at this stage <laughs> in my life um, to, to think that I wasn't supportive of them because I just, I make it very clear. I just, I, I can't. I mean, Rufus Hound, who's become a great mate when we did Quixote together. He oh, played Sancho you were Panther. brilliant together, he, I have uh, to say. He was in, before all this lockdown business, uh, terrible business, he, he was in The Boy in the Dress in Stratford, the new, um, mm-hmm. everybody in it is called Walliams or Williams, I think, that's associated with it. They wrote the music or wrote the thing. Um, he, uh, I said, I'm not coming to the press night. So... So, and he understands that because I'm not, it's not that sort of show busy thing. It's not, it's not my thing. You're the nearest show busy thing I can think of in my life. And you're not at all show busy. So I'm not show busy. Not really. at all. It's, it's one of the, one of the joys of being around you. <laughs> commoners muck. No, no. Commoners muck. You should know. <laughs> well, I'm from Leesden, love. I know you're from Leesden. Hey, no, listen, I realise ne- what we've got. Leesden, not Leesden. Neesden. I said Neesden, didn't I? Oh, sorry, I thought you said Leesden. Well, it's my, that's my joke about teeth coming back at me again, you see. Oh, OK. okay. Anyway, the nurse will be coming round with mince in a minute or she'll be able to <laughs> knock my jaw sideways. <laughs> we, we talked about this once, but I realise you're talking about Neesden and perhaps upbringing, what we have in common is fathers who were really good craftsmen. I think your dad was a, was he a builder or a carpenter or something? He was like. a master carpenter. He worked um, in the film studios, Boreham Wood. And, oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, fan. he built sets until the British film industry kind of fifth, late 50s, early 60s, this film industry in Britain was not very healthy. So he, he went on to doing commercials and things. So he, was he building at the time like the Alien Comedies and all that kind of stuff? I don't know whether he went back that... Well, he probably did. I mean, I don't remember if he worked... At, I know he worked at Bur- Boreham Wood. And, as I say, and, then, and he did all the sets for Thunderbirds Ago later on. Do you remember the puppet series? I, I do, yeah. <laughs> wow. So That's he did amazing. that. And it was your dad a carpenter? Or a no, well, he was a great... He was a lo- wonderful craftsman too, but he was a builder. He was a plumber uh, by, by trade work. Somebody mm-hmm. then wanted to step out. Uh, set out on his own and we moved from uh north manchester to to south manchester which is burnage which is where i grew up between about the age of eight and 18 and uh, i don't i don't know manchester i mean i know manchester the center but i don't know that well is there a kind of a nicer part or lesser nicer part or it depends where you are and who you are i guess but where we were in burnage that's that's where the 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 gallagher's come from the oasis boys oh okay they're they're up the road in burnage so it's been it's been uh mentioned once or twice that we're sort of from the same area and indeed support the same football team but for a year just before dad went on his own to be a builder yeah he was a great craftsman i think we we had a little shop uh, which is on the corner shop, which is now very, very close. Well, it's actually the car park of the Etihad Stadium. I know how much you love football, so I'm going to tell you this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate football, actually. No, I don't my, think, no you don't hate my, it. I know. 
My dad followed Bolton because he was from Bolton, my dad. So he's that's right, he was a Lancashire boy, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. I think that's where I get my kind of um, sensibleness from. Humanity, my dad, yeah. He was, well, I don't know about humanity, but <laughs> I, I think I'm quite sensible and, and kind of grounded. And I think that was my dad because he was a real kind of Lancashire, very kind, very grounded, not, not silly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he was lovely. I absolutely adored my dad. Yeah, me too. My dad, my dad was a bit eccentric, which is, I think that's where I get a bit of my stuff from. You know, he's a bit, a bit great and uh, very, uh, yeah, had, had sort of four square. There's a phrase you say, he used to put his foot down like ready money. <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah, don't you love on. those? My mum used to. My mum used to have sayings that I still don't know what they mean. She used to say things like, "If you can't fight, wear a big hat." Yeah, yeah. Where's I, I, that from? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. One of my favourite ones is if if, uh, if you want to wake up in the morning with a smile on your face, put a coat hanger in your mouth last thing at night. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's a cracker. I got it from somewhere. So and if I it. if I got a new dress or anything as a little girl, and I put it on to show my mum, she'd say, "Yeah, suit should be in ginger." <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Where do they come from? Did you always want to be an actor? When no, you were no, it's football. Boy? Oh, football, that's right. Oh, football, yeah, I've heard about it. It's popular in the 60s, but I was busy then. <laughs> Listen, I grew up in Neasden from my back garden. We could see the twin towers of, you know, the lovely twin towers at Wembley. Yeah. And when there was a big match, we'd always know if there was a goal because you could hear it because it would come. Yeah. But at the end of our garden was a council yard. So the, the, the cheers used to carry over. So I kind of vicariously knew about the football. My dad loved it, of course. But um, I don't hate football, actually. I do like watching the World well, I Cup. I wasn't meaning to like imply that. that you did. I know that when we, whenever we talk, you, you don't, but you, it's not your... It's not quite your thing. I'm not. I'm not pas- passionate. You know. What's What's your passion apart from tennis? Tennis. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'm yeah. so upset because we haven't got the French Open. We haven't got Wimbledon, and I doubt if we'll have the New York Open this year. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, I don't watch it as much as oh, I used. I it used to be a bit. It used to be a bigger thing on the black and white when Dan Maskell used to commentate uh-huh. uh, for the BBC. You know, gro- growing up, the sort of in the six village. Oh, no, I, I, it's that. the only thing I get obsessed about. I, I watch. Did you play a lot when you were younger? Is that or do you? I, I learned to play when we lived in California. I played very, very badly. I didn't learn young enough, really. Uh-huh. But I, I, but watching it, I, you know. Yeah. And then when we, you know, got Murray as yeah. you know, and he won Wimbledon. It was just so exciting, yeah. wasn't it? After all those years. Yeah, Murray became a, an honorary Englishman, didn't he, for a bit? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I did it. I, I, I've always liked, we used to play a lot on the the, the the municipal concrete park when I was uh, talking about Burnage. You know, uh, mm-hmm. We used to do that, pay pay whatever it was, tuppence or something for a go on the court for an hour or two. And, um, but the only times, and I always like I always liked the idea of playing it. Um, whereas I'd, a mate of mine who's, who's plays a lot of golf he's you know he's like can't play golf David can't play no I don't know why I said I'd, I'm, I'm having needles in my spine uh, that night I'm not really not interested um, <laughs> and um, 
but I quite like watching like the Ryder Cup. I like watching a lot of sport. I don't watch a lot of drama and stuff on telly. But when I did years ago, uh, when I uh, <laughs> did the Andrew Morton book about the Diana story, I, I, they said, would you, do you want to go to Australia? Uh, I said, do I? I said, yeah. The, the only slight thing was that my mum had just died and I was unsure yeah. whether I should stay back. It was only a few weeks earlier. I thought, should I stay here grieving or not? Anyway, I went and I decided to stay on a little bit after the obligations to, you know, um, uh, whatever it was we were doing. Uh, just, you know, going around and talking to people. Um, that's a brilliant, and, um, brilliant. <laughs> I went to Hamilton Island um, up on the not Barrier Reef, is it Queensland, up that, that, that neck of the woods. And uh, while I was there, and I, I decided to stay on for about a week or so, and just, which was actually really healing, you know, the grief and everything. I, there was a guy there who was teaching tennis. That's where I'm headed with this. Oh, and okay. He, so he got to, he said, this is, you know, this is a, all sorts of, there was a lot more exercise than actually playing tennis about how they, because it's that thing about throwing the ball up and serving. You want it to skim across the net like they do at Wimbledon, right. don't you? Um, of course. So I, I, I learned a bit of that about how, how high to throw the ball. And, and And you just say, oh, these boys and girls are fit. That's my point. They thought, wow, these, they're fit, these. But doesn't these it amaze you how it's not always to do, you, you, you'd think it was the big, kind of muscular ones like Rafael Nadal absolutely who the biggest serve it's not. but it's not always there's, no, there, there's some... a, there was a guy last year at Wimbledon I can't remember his name who was really skinny I think yeah. I forget where he was from might have been Russia or something really skinny skinny he's got the, one of the fastest serves and and, and most powerful serves yeah it's, it's weird. It's about what they call it, hand-to-eye hand action and all um, uh -huh. all that kind of stuff. And when I would, when this guy was teaching me, he said he reckoned Michael Chang was the sort of strongest because he, he had a low centre of gravity. So it's a bit like Sergio Aguero who plays for City. You won't know about this, but some people would. He's, he's very small. He's our striker. He's been a oh, legend okay. for many what years. What is your team, Manchester and City? City, yeah. Oh, okay. Because well, he's very small. He's got, but he's got a low centre of gravity, and he's got yeah. a lot of them like that. Um, he's, I'm trying to compare him to Michael to Michael Chang, um, rather fruitlessly, I think. Um, uh, but my, he's, this guy said Michael Chang because he was small, his thighs were very strong, and therefore it's about you know how the, yeah. all those lunges and, and all that. And putting that power in. Yeah, but you're right because sometimes the very tall people, obviously the taller ones, have got the more to do with the serve because it starts from a higher point and the angles are different and all that stuff. But. So did going back to you, did you ever join a foot did you ever join a football team to become a foot? No, uh, I got close at Brighton. Oh okay. So you applied to join, did you? No, Is I didn't. Is that what you do? <laughs> no. What do you I do? Didn't... How do you become a footballer? <laughs> okay. Dear Brighton, uh, you don't know me. <laughs> I live miles and miles away from you. I'm in Manchester. I've never been away before. <laughs> Could you get me out of here and make me a footballer at your place? Because I like the seaside. <laughs> Yours, Threlly. No, I was playing a football match in Manchester. Used to get scouted all the time. Scouting, you, know, like, you know, like you were probably scouted at the beginning of your... Like model. I, I wasn't, but models you know, do get yeah, scouted okay. all but the you, time. It's a similar thing. And yeah. they said the clubs have people working for them or they have all sorts of connections. And um, people, one or two people had looked at me. 
And uh, I was playing a football final or something, and one of the guys at our school, he knew, he knew Freddie Goodwin, who was a guy who used to be a football player and football manager, and he was managing Brighton at the time. And um, he talked with him. And he, over Easter, he took me down for a trial. Well, he didn't take me tra- down for a trial. National Express did, but you know what I mean? I went down to Brighton for a trial and um, played a bit and trained a bit. And uh, he said, oh, it's good. We like, we like young lads. I was, what was I, 16, 17 at the time. Mm. If you get four O-levels, we'll, we'll give you a, we'll take you on as an apprentice. And the day I got, I got four O-levels. I eventually got five and went to Arc. On the day I got four O-levels, uh, they sacked him. <laughs> so, oh, no. So, I wow. didn't, good, it didn't. Good timing, David. It didn't, but it, it didn't pursue any further. I think it was good because I, you know, I was, I was what he said. We think you're an aggressive right winger. I said, aggressive me. I'm not aggressive. And um, he said, <laughs> uh, we kind of like. So we'd, we'd give you, you know. But there's so many, you know, there's so many, uh, so many of those stories in in the business, you know. So then, when that didn't happen, you went. You decided to go to art, art college. School, yeah? yeah, yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, and I left there after a year. Do you still paint? Uh, no, only the uh, just the wall here the other day outside. Oh, okay. no, oh, I'm glad there. you're doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, no, I like I like I like having a paintbrush in my hand, even though it's that. I, I was quite a quite a good sort of pastel figure drawer. Um, okay. Life life class sort of drawer. I had some ideas, but it wasn't quite it wasn't quite a thing. I remember I sat in front of a. In my, stu- in my studio there, I sat, I sat in front of a blank canvas that I'd made, a very big canvas that I, I had this grand idea. And I literally sat there in front of it for three days, just nothing happening, nothing happening. And on the third day, I rose. <laughs> and um, I said to someone, I said, tell Bevan when you see him, which is the tutor, I was remembering, that uh, I've left. Oh, you left. So I just got in, my, I got all my stuff together, got pushed it on the back of my Morris 1000 van and drove across the Pennines back to Manchester. And my dad wasn't a bit surprised to see me, I don't think. Really? Mm. So how did the acting thing, where did that come from? Then? Uh, youth Theatre. Oh, youth that's theater. what Lee yeah, did. Youth. Yeah. Did Lee do National Youth Theatre? He, no, no, he didn't do the National, but he did, well, he did Amateur, and then he did a, a youth one, I think. Okay. And then he joined an evening drama school called Mount View, which is now a big... Oh, the, that's know, why he has that link with big, Mount View. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's started that, evening classes, I see. Yeah, I see. That's, that's, why he, that's why he could do it, because he actually worked in a hairdresser's. Well, he looks the type. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't think so now, the state of his hair, would you, honestly? <laughs> oh, I see, right. I, I see. Uh, no, I... Uh, I did a school play to great teachers who didn't teach me English, Alan Johnson, who sadly died a year or two ago, and Frank Casey, who's still, uh, well, he's retired, but he's in Chichester, and he insists on being a Liverpool fan. Football again, leave it aside. Um, and um, they were doing, they did a couple of school plays, one of which was The Crucible, and they said, you should, you know, you should, the youth, Manchester Youth Theatre, about eight weeks, six, eight weeks in the summer, so I was labouring. Started. I was labouring, doing stuff, and um, I, I auditioned for them and got in. And uh, run by uh, Jeff and Hazel Sykes and other people around them. And they they put on plays at uh, the Manchester Library Theatre and the Forum Theatre in Withinshaw. And um, and I, you know, I've still. Got, I went. One of my oldest friends, Alan Williams, who's uh, who I'm still. I talked to just the other day. I met. Met him there, and he's a wonderful actor, writer, 
uh, made some great pals there. And the, some of those people that were at the Manchester Youth Theatre, they, they, they sort of drew, they were drawn in from all over the country, particularly the North, but, but anywhere really. And uh, they all did, you know, they've not just acting, it was stage management, etc., or lighting and everything. And they gave them things to do over, put on two or three plays over the summer. And I did that for two or three, maybe even four years. By the time I was at drama school, I still, in the summer, I, I did, again, labouring to sort of help pay my way through that summer, as well as youth theatre. So I did it for about four years, so very, very important. Sadly, d- demise now. I mean, Jeff and Hazel uh, 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 died some, a few years ago now, and it, it wasn't able to... Uh, maintain, I don't know the ins and outs, but it wasn't able to maintain its um, oh, that's a sh- its way forward. But Jeff was in the Navy with Michael Croft, who ran the National Youth Theatre. That was the point I was oh, trying to make. So there was the kind of there was always a link between the National and the Manchester Youth Theatre. So do you think one of those people work? I always ask people if there was because I had the person who changed my life was Ken Russell. Because, you know, I was very happily, happily modelling. You know, I was yeah. doing, I, I was doing okay. <laughs> and I yeah. met Ken Russell when I was, I heard, yeah. When I was 18 and, you know, he cast me in The Boyfriend. And How did that happen? Did you just call you up and say, come in and, because it's, you know, because we've had this conversation, you yeah. and I, and we, we had a project that was sadly, uh, the rug was pulled from underneath us recently. But I've always felt that about you, that, that you know, I, I really, you know, would love to direct you. In something oh, because I think you. that there is something we'll, we'll have to find something else. yeah but <laughs> what I'm asking is that Russell saw the same the same yeah I mean I got a call it was actually it wasn't the boyfriend that I met him about he was going to do a film from a William Faulkner book called The Wishing Tree okay which was about a kind of a magical wizard man who traveled the globe with a young girl and I was, you know, nothing was wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing funny. Nothing probably, funny. But um, so I met him literally for lunch. The film never happened. Oh, I see. You know, you because I loved Ken and he changed my life. But he was quite volatile, and lots yeah. of projects didn't yeah, happen yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. But that was part of his genius, really. But for me, he changed my life because having met him we became him and his wife shirley who i loved and adored who who did all the the costumes for his films became great friends and that's how the boyfriend came out of that because i i had no ambition at that point to to perform you know i didn't i didn't have any ambition to be a model i mean it was a dream to be a model but i You've thought always i said was that so sort of fell across you a little bit that model yeah well i was so funny looking you know if you looked at models before me they were these incredibly elegant, gorgeous, five foot eleven, beautiful creatures, and I was five foot six, as skinny as they come, funny little kind of knock knees, and a funny little face. So I didn't think I'd become. become oh, don't a put model. yourself down. Honestly, it's worked no, out all right. No, don't. Well, it, honestly, no. But in <laughs> hindsight, looking back. That's yeah. why what happened to me happened because I looked so different. It was different, yeah, yeah. I was different, and well, that, I didn't know that. I that was me. You just, yeah, yeah. But they needed a new look in the mid sixties, and I, I happened to fit the bill, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's that. There's a whole coming together of all sorts of uh, <clears throat> what's the word? You get all your ducks in your own. All the stars collide for various people. Have something at one time. You you can't set out, can you? And go. No. I know. I'll do this because no. I think if no, you it's... do, it's very false. 
Don't you, when, when journalists sometimes ask you, you know, did you plan your career? Mm. I don't, how does anyone plan their career? No, I think, I, think, I don't think you can. I think some people get to, certainly with some actors, I think there's a certain thing. If you, you know, if you get, if you get a, a little part, you get another one, you get some notoriety, then the thing yeah. is to then manage that in a different way. But that's usually slightly higher up the food, people who end up being up the food chain, you know, the A-listers in Hollywood. And all what, that what was your first professional role, paying role? Paying role? Well, actually, it was while I was still at art and drama school. I did a thing in, old, in the old days, there was a series called uh, Second City Firsts. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. <clears throat> and also a little series called Scene, uh, S-C-E-N-E. And mm-hmm. they all almost happened at the same time. Uh, what came first? It was Scene, in fact, okay. written by my old friend Jeff Case, who, again, sadly died oh, last year. Yeah. Well, we talked about yeah. you know. Yeah, well, we, we, Lee had a project. That we talk, we were talking again. about we, it, yeah. and I had to tell you it, yeah. it died. It was terrible. Yeah, it died. Um, no, real no, shock. Terrible. But uh, Jeff wrote that uh and and then sort of from that a, a lovely guy called michael simpson said you know oh, you should try and get an agent at some point and i think because i'd done oh was that prior to that oh memory i can't remember which has come first it's either that or a thing called on the good ship yakahiki doula which is a, a sort of old <laughs> musical right. song that the late rather fabulous bob mason wrote and it was a three-hander about three blokes who worked on a on a, a motor a motorway shed while they were building motorways. They won't do that anymore. But it, that was what it was. It was just these three guys in a shed, and uh, the director Les Blair did that. And as a result of that, when I left college, literally as I was leaving, Mike Lee called me up and said uh, mm. he actually came to see me. I did Pygmalion. Can you believe it? I did Higgins and Pygmalion. Oh, how brilliant. I did Eliza. Yeah, I would have thought you are a dead ringer for Eliza. <laughs> no, but you know well, what I mean? Well, I was, I was then. No, but you know what I mean? You think from where you come from and what, yeah. what you are. It's... Well, Eliza, they th- people think she was a Cockney, but she was actually, if you read the thing in the beginning, she was from Lissom Grove, which is north Lon- northwest London. Lis- the Lissom Grove I... lingo. Yeah, that's right. And I'm from I'm from Northwest. That's where that nice anyway. fish and chip shop is, isn't it? Fish and Grove. Or used to it's still there. Yeah, it's best fish and chip shop in the seashell, I think it's called. Talking about a three hander, one of my favourite things ever on telly is Nightingales, the sitcom you did. Oh, I did with, with Bob and Jimmy Ellis. With Bob yeah, yeah, yeah. and Jimmy Oh my goodness. I, I didn't know you then. Yeah. And uh, who would want to, friend. let's be honest. But, oh, that... <laughs> Who wrote that? It was oh. so brilliant. It really was. Oh, and the three of yeah. you were so his. Did you love doing it? Oh, loved it. Loved it. Paul Make. You wore leopard skin, I remember. Do you remember? You had a leopard skin either jacket I, or I leggings. Did. I put that together. <laughs> I put that together the night before the first. We did two series. Um, two, two series of six. And I... I, I Esther Charkham, who was producing it, said, "Oh yeah, just let him, just let him get." I was doing all sorts of things because I tend to sometimes faff about a bit, just trying different things, and sometimes it frightens the horses or indeed producers. But because Esther knew me, she said, "It just take him into the wardrobe and let him work it out." And I did, and we I had a little bit of padding and this, that, and the other, and the leopard, yeah, the leopard skin and the Chelsea boots and. Uh, and the very tight trousers and things. Absolutely. But it was based on a guy I knew, uh, going back to what we were talking about before, about the old building days in Manchester, a guy Mm -hmm. called Monty, 
who couldn't who were in and out of her majesty's pleasure uh, well and uh, <laughs> he, he um when i bought somewhere in around acton in london years first one really it needed work on it so so monty came down from manchester <laughs> and he'd say things like that's great that sound as a child surround that and he'd come down and um he uh he couldn't sleep with with the light off so he had he couldn't sleep with light the light off. off why i'm not sure i'm not sure he was a big bloke monty nice a nice guy but uh was prone to driving the about. Dark. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's, it really was, and that was the idea for me. I wanted to make feel, make feel like myself being bigger. And for me, it's always a bit like it goes sort of goes back to art college. Before I left art college, I was moving into sort of sculpture, you know. And I think that I like to think that sometimes characters I play can I can sculpt them a bit and sort of even in my mind, you know, and just see them around the room and think, oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. So it's just so it's clear to me, not because I'm smart or anything, it's just it's visceral and it makes some sense to me. I think they should rerun um, Nightingales because it's so brilliant. Somebody... It was so beautifully written and so oh, beautifully acted. Making, yeah, wonderful, wonderful writer. We got yeah. on so well. Because, you know, they're running out of fresh drama at the moment because of the situation and there are a few shows that they are bringing out from the past uh, somebody so told... I, I, I'm going to vote for bringing back Nightingale. Oh, that's really nice I, I, I think you have mentioned it so once before but maybe I was too drunk to listen um, that, that you liked it but I, oh, I, I somebody it. I think my brother Steve said um, I think they're running it again because the first they are the first series is out on DVD but they yeah. never released the second series. Um, oh. I'm only telling you, you know, what I um, what what I've heard. But uh, yeah, it was a particularly, just really, I couldn't believe it, it was right up my. It's very surreal, and you know, yeah. for those that don't know it and listen to this, it's like it's 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 sort of precursor of one or two things. But the it, the the madness of it was just. Brilliant. I only asked one question at the beginning. I said, do they know they're chalking Shakespeare on one episode? And Paul said, no. <laughs> so it's okay, <laughs> fine. Because you know, I, I won't delve into the the mythology of that and the, the, the psychology of it. Just start talking in Shakespearean tomes. And it was just great fun. And I've got a, I've got a lovely outtake with all of that that Esther sent to me. Yeah, well, when we can somewhere. get together, you must show yeah, me. Yeah, it's good fun. So, how much longer after that did Shameless come along? Oh, oh years. Because what you did it for what ten years? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it never, it never, you know, at the beginning, if someone had said to me, "You're going to be in this, there's a show, and you're going to be in it for ten years," I would have said, "No, no, no, no." But it was so much fun, and I directed quite <laughs> oh, a lot of them. And I had I'd say you directed. It. Was that when you started directing? Well, I'd always had that in me. I mean, that's sort of where um, the desire to do that, indeed. I'd done theatre workshops of things. Mm -hmm. I remember asking Lee to do one, and that's yeah. sort of how we got going. I, I knew about that's him because right. I'd seen him in the uh, in the uh, Merchant of Venice uh, and all that, and thought, "Oh God, he's gorgeous. Who's that?" And um, <laughs> uh, so I'd always had the directing thing in me. So when I was offered the opportunity in the third series, it was eleven series altogether, I, I took it. And the deal was, if you if you screw it up you won't do it anymore 
So it, that was. But it must it must have been so much fun playing Frank yeah. Gallagher, was it? He's so. Yeah, I mean, he used, he's so awful, but you. Yeah, can't, he used to wear me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wore <laughs> me out. His his metabolism's a lot, a lot brighter than mine. I mean, you know, you know so we get together, we you know we, we're bantering a lot, but actually he's, you know, to be a, a drinker and a drug taker like that it just wears you out. It was never, yeah. it was never my uh, lifestyle choice. No, I'm very happy to hear no, it, as, well, you probably, yeah, as you probably wouldn't be with well, us. Well, we'd be tea with you, I'd be... Uh, you wouldn't be having tea? No, no, it'd be uh, heroin with Harry or something like that, it would be, ordinary or um, <laughs> <laughs> drugs, with, drugs with Dave, that was kind of thing or something. And like. was it all shot up in Manchester? Yeah, yeah. Around, yeah around? Oh, like, that must have been fabulous yeah, for you. Yeah, it got a bit hairy now and again. I mean, we, eventually, after about three years or so, we moved from where we were as a sort of base to a place within shore. Uh-huh. on an estate quite near the hospital so we, we didn't have to, it meant what i'm saying is we didn't have to go out on location as much which was like the the where the where the galaxies and the maguires and the shops and the things they were all on yeah. all on one uh, one property if you like and also did you find by playing frank gallagher for 10 years that you know obviously when you went out everyone must have talked to you you must have become become so famous did that bother you I, yes and no. I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm 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 quite uh, quite private about stuff. But I mm-hmm. because I had to grow the hair underneath the wig. And some people yeah. didn't think it was a wig. Some people thought it was my own, which was great. It's a testament to how clever it, the uh, the makeup was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it, it it approximate. I had to approximate the look most of the time. Yeah, I got particularly up in Manchester, and particularly in certain places, but not not so much actually. You know, it was it was around, <clears throat> but uh, I'm not uh, not a fan of that. I mean, that kind of kind of notoriety, you know, that like you and your mate Paul have. Just I I don't know how you, you seem very easy with it all, but it, it's I don't know how because I've never. I mean, I've been out with you, you know, when we've been out eating and whatever, but it never, you never seem to garner that kind of like, oh, oh, look, oh, look. All that, <laughs> you know, you, you, it doesn't seem to happen to, to you. Is, is, am I right or wrong? I don't, I don't know. We've never um, talked about it. Yeah, it, you know, I, I mean, I don't change my lifestyle at all. People come up and talk to me, but they talk to me like they've known me for years. Yeah. It's like, I don't get kind of, thre- I think, Somebody like Paul, Paul McCartney, who you just mentioned, mm. I think it can be quite scary for those sort of, for guys because you get mad fans. Yeah. I don't think I ever got that. I mean, I got people who, I, you know, I get if I'm in the supermarket picking out my oranges and whatever, you know, I might get somebody come up and say, oh, I know, you know. Uh-huh. No, they come up and I had one lady come up and said, I think you're a fan of mine. I said, I think you've got it. Get it round the wrong way, <laughs> <laughs> and they just want you to sign something, yeah, you know, or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I I did once on the underground get a a, a guy who was a bit drunk, and that was a bit scary because he started saying my name very loudly. You know, oh Twiggy, yeah, I love yeah. you, Twiggy. Yeah. You know, and it's well, like, I, I, please you know, let me get on. Yeah, you shouldn't take Lee out with you that late at night. I don't <laughs> think, it, you know. <laughs> Tell, I want to hit, ask you also before we wrap this up about you've been doing some filming isolation stories. Yes, what, as we speak. Tell me about that. Yeah, they're that on. Amazing. They're on next How? week. I literally got a call. Uh, 
well, my agent called me and uh, I said, oh, how nice to hear from you. What do you want? <laughs> it's lockdown, you know. And he said, no, they're making these four short dramas, 15 minutes apiece. Jeff Pope's had the idea of some fabulous writers, uh, really good directors. I was lucky to get David Blair, the director, and Neil Mackay writing it. And uh, it's a 15-minute piece. And they're all, actually, they're all named after people in the show. So they've all got a people link. And it's about the situation we're in as we speak now, being in lockdown. And uh... So you, you're actually filming it now? No, 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 it's, we've done it. It's out. This is... But you filmed it in lockdown? Absolutely. I, all I did was I got uh, the sad thing when I played this uh, daft granddad who goes, goes, sort of based on what Neil does every day, goes over to, uh, to his son-in-law's place with, who have two, there's two children. So the idea was, to, first of all, to find an actor who'd got at least two children who were, you could speak some stuff of a decent age. And Eddie Marsden's got those. And I love Eddie Marsden's stuff. So yeah, it, good. It, he lives where he lives. And I, I got on my motorbike in, in costume, which I've costumed from old wardrobe, which is kind of depressing <laughs> to play this mad granddad. So I just, and we were blessed with good weather. That's the other thing. And I drove over there, parked a the bike, and went down the side of the house to to the back garden. And there was just me and a sound man. And everything was done through... It was filmed from inside. It's like this sort of um, patio, glass patio door things at the back. <clears throat> All my stuff was filmed from inside by Eddie's wife, Janine. Wonderful Janine, oh, who's a, who's a wow. makeup artist, but she's learned some camera skills now. Guided by... David Blair on what we're doing now on Zoom. He's in Dumfries, the first ADs in Lancashire, Yorkshire. The wow. the uh, the DPs in Liverpool. They were all over the place. Oh, when when does it go out next week? Monday to Thursday, every night, nine pm, ITV. Uh, okay. My one is on Thursday night, and then on Thursday okay. night at eleven cool. o'clock, there's a little piece later on to show how it was all filmed. How amazing! So they're all just. 15-minute pieces about uh, lockdown. How but, people but, are coping. But, um, what's the word? Uh, respecting the, the distance things, which, you, you know, you sort of have to remind yourself. About. I know. It's weird. Did, how, are you, how are you coping with it all? It's weird, isn't it? Um, I mean, we're all getting used to it, but yeah, I mean, because we have to. Yeah, we have no I think we're finding things like this, you know, that you, 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 I think people I speak to and certainly what I feel is that you Finding a little bit more time to to talk to people you haven't mm-hmm. talked, you know, family. I've got family. What's left <laughs> up and down around yeah. the country, yeah. a bit from sort of Blackburn to down in down in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and finding you're finding time to talk to people more. Uh, I had certain people That's like true. like my friend Alan Williams. I was telling you earlier, or indeed Jeff Case. Once I start talking, I know I'm going to be on for a while. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know with you, when we talk, we go, again, we talk for a bit. I say, try and make you laugh. And then you fuck off and say, I've got to go and do something now because you're boring me. So I, <laughs> I don't say that. No, you That's don't. not true. No, you, you, never you never say me. it. I don't. Yeah. You don't. Don't write it in a letter to me, though, ever again. And they, right. and they, <laughs> and they, But I think you're finding time, the spontaneity of being able to say to certain people you have in your life, you uh, like you go, Oh, great. Well, let's go and have a drink in the... Oh, I can't mm, do that. I know. I'll meet you next week. Oh, I can't do that. No. So that's... that that There's a pr- like a primary pulse and then a mm-hmm. secondary one. 
and I think personally, I think that you know things that the way we've been we're used to behaving. And I found this while we were filming. Actually, I thought before before some executive says it somewhere. Well, why do we if we can make decent drama and it looks like this with only a, a handful of people? Why do we need everybody? But what it made me think was that this is actually this is exactly why we need everybody on a film set or mm. a TV set or theatre or whatever. I think theatre may suffer for a while um, yeah. because of people saying, well, that you know, we're gradually going back. I don't think we're anywhere near when these numbers are still even, no. you know, one, no. one person also, I th- dying. Also, I think, thing, you know, people, people will find it very hard to think about going into a, a space where you're sitting so close to other people for two hours or two and a half hours. I think yeah. that's going to take a while. Yeah. Do you think that the, the do, do you think that it will it will change people in any way? Do you think people will be might once we're getting through this? Mm. Do you think that it will change people's behaviour? I I mean I think people are being nicer to each other now because of what's happened. And there's so many amazing I mean obviously the obvious heroes are the people at the NHS. I mean I don't know how they do it. The nurses and the doctors—they yeah, are—they are true heroes. Um, and, and, and then, like people like you know, now Colonel Tom yeah. who raised all that money. I mean, and, and you just see acts of kind—you know—when they wanted volunteers, something like seven hundred and fifty thousand people. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So that's the again. I can remember, you know, mum and dad telling me I wasn't born in the war, not as you weren't, but how how people kind of helped each other and and were kind. Let's hope that that doesn't. Could go you not away. think though that that you, you know you hear this a lot about the the comparison between how this country was in the war and what we're doing now in lockdown, and but yeah. that you just sort of sense people thinking. Um, all right. Well, we've we've had a we've had a few weeks of lockdown, and it's just starting to almost literally cross the line, whether it be in the yeah. supermarket or emotionally, you know, getting near people because that's our natural instincts. Um, that 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 whether that all uh, we have to be real real careful. We don't yeah. we don't impinge on. Well, that's what they've been saying that that, that we don't suddenly rush and do things too soon because then there'll be another. Another spike, yeah. And and just you know, let let us not forget there are still a lot of people dying, which is it is going down, but it is yeah, but you know still it's still an incredible not amount. Not a happy situation. Uh... It is an incredible situation. <clears throat> one that I I mean, one of see you've seen all these films about things like this, but you you never really expect people you feel like you, Yeah, if you went out at all, you're just like, oh. I'm, I shouldn't really be out and all, I should, I know. Or whatever. But uh, and also thinking, well, filming, uh, was it barely a week ago, and thinking, well, mm. should I should I be out? But um, uh, it's good. It's good to be doing something that is reflecting yeah. what's going on. I mean, act, I think actors are used to doing that anyway. It's the yes, the the, uh, the, the, the what's it? Shakespeare had it. The brief chronicles of the. I've forgotten the quote. Anyway, it's it's Hamlet talking to mm. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern about the players saying that a brief the brief chronicles of the time and uh, and it's um it sounds a bit airy fairy but I, I do think it's true. It's very easy for me anyway to think well, you know, if they're going to be giving people self the self employed which actors are so much and more if yeah. they can, 
you'd think actors are way down the list. You think they've got to be giving self-employed people who are you know, plumbers and all that kind of thing. You won't want actors, but then you think, well, what about the yoga teachers and the personal trainers and all that, as well as all the the more vital people right now? But I, my hunch is we're going to be thinking about this and dealing with this for quite a long time. I think so. As long I, as the old don't rush out to the pub the moment they think, well, we're relaxed and think, I know, let's go to the pub and drink. They think, no, no, let's go to the theatre. And say, oh, for Christ's sake, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Sadly, it isn't. Yeah. But have you learnt? Have you learnt any new skills while you've been in? I mean, well, do you cook? Do you? Are you a cook? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've always, I've always, I've always cooked. It's, it's been that's, that's not been an issue. It's, I like to, you know, because we talked about stuff before. The, you know, like looking at maybe projects for certain. There's always something to do if you like yeah. DIY. I'm not in any sense of the, the description of DIY. Uh, but you know there are things to do. There are those things that well that needs to get done. And the, you know those some shelves fell down the other day. And I thought right, well I've got hey I've got all day. I've got yeah, time. I've got time to do that, <laughs> and I can use some of my dad's old tools. And uh, and it took me a, a day or two, at a certain leisurely pace, but it's, it got done. But uh, new skill, probably to be honest with you, Twigs, the only new skill is is this thing, Zoom. Yeah. Knowing how to knowing how to get it. I mean, it took a while with Kobe today to get get hooked up, but it was it, this. I've done a bit of that, and also I'm getting. I mean, I could do I could do other things because I you know drive the motorbike. I thought, well, I could I do delivery for blood delivery and all that kind of thing, but then you think maybe oh, they yeah. won't because I you know when things were a bit thin a few years ago, I was a, a whisker from being a dispatch rider because i was asking some guy i was asking some guy i think it was down near the barbican he was like <laughs> shaving headed guy with this little thin mustache and he had a little roll up and he was lent on his motorbike and i said how'd you be a dispatch rider mate? and he just took the longest time and along and he looked at me and, it's not for the faint-hearted <laughs> i just thought oh for fuck's sake come on that's you know how hard can you <laughs> Eventually, I had to drag it out of him as if it was some kind of uh, Masonic bloody ritual. You know what they do? <laughs> you don't. You don't. Basically, you don't ever go. You give you the contact thing, and you you just keep phoning it, and you go, go here, go there, pick this up, pick that up. And I thought, well, I could, I could do that. So I could do something like that. But as I say, the only, the only thing is, I'm not. I'm, I'm lucky that I've most most of my adult life I've been doing the thing I love, which is. Yeah. Acting of it late. We all, we all are, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. blessed, you know. So I can't I can't complain. I mean, there's different movements and different juices flowing inside our industry, right? I can't believe I've just said that. But you know, inside our industry, yeah. things are changing, is what I mean, and that's fine. Yeah. And things things do change, of course. Of course. Um, but um, and that's all that's all groovy. But um, uh, it's sort of really, I think. Oh well, I'll look in for that. That thing we were involved in. I'm I'm looking at something now. And I've, I've I've gone back to and I've said this mate of mine. Read this. What do you think is is the problem? Is it's peer and all that kind of thing. And this, I wish I could quite quickly do something that I I'm involved with writing or directing that it would get on quick. I don't. I'm not sure I've got the wherewithal or indeed the patience to sit out. So I mean, certain night one idea I've had. The idea's been there for 20 years, in fact, mm. two of them. 
but one is you know at the moment has been with i took it to, to somebody with a friend of mine who's sort of been with me on it all the way and they're sort of yeah it needs slightly modernizing and needs this and this that and the other and um yeah i mean i understand that but it's i think it's also i think if you're not recognized as a as something first i mean there was a time for instance when um things like the most recent examples phoebe waller bridge who wrote phoebe, came from nowhere yeah. with that she yeah. wasn't established in, in that's it. well excuse me she might well have been but I, she wasn't on my radar i was too busy watching football. no nor mine and the wonderful uh girls from liverpool jodie cromer is it oh, who's in killing amazing. eve wonderful okay I, amazing. I love it when people do it. they come out of I the know. out of the blue you where have they come from Left them I for know. it. Good luck to them, but Absolutely. they're given a thing, and just think, well, it, it works. It can work. I'm not listen. I'm not decrying or being bitter about it. You're saying just been. It'd be good if some sometimes you just get a little bit of a, just get a little bit of a slot, something to say. Well, look, what about what about this? Like when you know you were talking about Ken Russell, who we were in the same film by the way, the Russia House years ago. I never. I did the read through with him, but we never actually did the same scene. Um, oh, yeah. Really? I thought he was great. Um, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? I can't, I've got off it with Ken Russell. Oh, when, about when, when he said to you, you know, I've had too much champagne, he calls you next and said, let's make this. And within a year, you made yeah. it. Yeah. You made it because yeah. obviously because he, he, he's able to green light. Well, the, he also, he was in the position, he was at the time probably the hottest British filmmaker. Yeah. So I was lucky in that respect. And also, as you know, you know, he, he, people either loved Ken's films or they hated yeah. them. There was kind of no in between. Yeah, I really liked them. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? No, but there's probably loads. I'll get off and I think there's these loads, but you know, it's it's much more. It, it's it's kind of weird because I sit here with you and I just say, "Oh, well, why aren't we?" And I know you don't drink a lot anyway. And neither do I. It's a great deal. But uh, like, oh, this I is, like my glass of rosé. You do like a glass of rosé, yeah? I do. We were Matthias Rosé fan, by the way, when it uh, kicked. You know, that was no, it was too sweet, sweet it? wasn't yeah. it? No, yeah. I used to, we used to go to a restaurant. They used to have the candles in. That's the right. Yeah. Bottles, didn't they? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Where's the best place you've been on holiday? We've. Oh, probably Mauritius. Because. Um, number one, it's incredibly beautiful, um, and the sweetest, loveliest people. Apparently, well, whether it, I'm talking about fifteen, sixteen years ago, or it might be even more. Um, very little crime on the whole island. Mm. It's off the coast of Africa, I think. I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. And we stayed in a beautiful hotel on the east coast and just white sandy beaches. And actually, Car Carly, my daughter, and Lee and I, we went um, and she had her birthday there. And um, it's just gorgeous. Oh. And really lovely people. Um, it, it's you know, it's 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 not a sightseeing holiday. It's a kind of yeah, lay on the beach and relax. That was gorgeous. Where's your favourite? Yeah. What do you dream of going back to? There's a place called Rayavadi in Thailand, which is near Krabi. You have to get on a boat to oh yeah to to get to it. There's places I haven't been that I'd like to go. I like to travel, but I don't travel well, Twigs. 
No, I'm not a great traveller. I don't, I mean, long haul flights really freak me out because I don't like flying, but um, I do it and I've done it over the many years. I'm the same. I hate it. Yeah, I I didn't know that about you. Because I thought, I just presume, you know, with you doing a lot of travelling in your life, you must, but... I've, I've, I'm one of those that uh, I can't sleep on trains or planes. In planes, you know, I need to stay awake in case the captain needs me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a bit like you. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the moment to find out about how to skydive. No, if we, let's, if you need some help, I'm right here. I've seen all the airplane films. I know how it works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not. not. Uh, so I don't miss that. Yeah. Lockdown, that we can't travel, but I do miss, like being able to go on short haul things like to spend you know spain or sure yeah we had lovely holidays in mallorca and ibiza and I, just family holidays yeah really. i did i did like the idea of like florence and, and rome and indeed venice oh, did yeah. like short weekend things did that a few years ago decided to... yeah lee did a film in venice about 15 years ago so he was out there for about three months and i'd oh, go wonderful. i'd go back and forth it's so beautiful. But you know, the other lovely thing that's happened out of this awful, awful thing is um, that the planet's kind of recovering. Well, you see the satellite shots from upstairs. I mean, my God. If so that's got to be a plus, well, it, isn't I mean, it? people are talking about pluses out Delusion. of this thing, but I mean, one of the pluses would be that, you know, Boris should have got the army on the streets three weeks before he did, but that's, you know, a bit political. Yeah, well, there you course. go. But I mean, Let's not cry, you know, whoever it is in charge, we have to get behind, really, whatever. Yeah, and you do. don't wish them ill or anything like that. I'm glad everyone can be well to. But I just think there are some mistakes, uh, particularly, you know. Oh, but I think that, uh, yeah, if, if the way the way things are, you can think, my God, the way we are polluting this planet. Apparently, pollution all around the world has completely dropped, hasn't it? Yeah. And that's because there's what no no cars, no aeroplanes. Yeah. And I was reading the other day about I can't remember where it was. I think it was out in Thailand, and all the the kind of sea creatures are coming back because there's no cruise ships going in. So the, oh, you mean the, the sea creatures are coming? I thought you meant they're coming back yeah, to go on holiday. Back. But no, they're not. <laughs> All the sea creatures, yeah, come on, let's get a call again, yeah, yeah. Are you a German sea creature? Yeah, well, get there before he gets a towel on the beach. <laughs> There's that German, no, that German sea urchin, he's always there. First thing, seven o'clock every morning, he's on that beach here. Well, we've come back to be on holiday a bit because there's no passengers on that cruise ship. Oh, God. Well, it was lovely to catch up well, with you, even if it was virtually. Um, Good having a nice old chat. And I hope we can see you properly very, very soon. Yeah. But just stay well. I'll give my love to everybody. And I shall be watching it in... Isolation Stories, ITV, 9 o'clock. Sensation Seekers. <laughs> Thank you for joining me in my cup of tea. That's all right. I toast I'll you. I toast you too, my darling. Oh, that was so lovely to catch up with David. He's such a lovely man and a wonderful actor. And wasn't that interesting about how they shot isolation stories? If you missed it when it went out live on ITV, you can stream it on ITV Hub. So check it out. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts It really helps other people to find the show. 
If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. You just heard a stripped media production.